minus one minute. T minus fifty seconds. T minus forty seconds. Minus thirty seconds. T minus twenty seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Zero. Own it, own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, and welcome to the SmackDown and AEW Rampage after show. Of course, my name is Stephanie Hardy, host and creator of the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, as well as color commentator for the Belladonna Division, Battle Club Pro, and Black Girl Magic 2 for this year, and host and writer for Women's Wrestling Talk. This amazing network And sadly I don't have my tag team partner with me Our editor-in-chief and fabulous writer, photographer All the things, Dreon Santana Because she's on assignment But you know, sometimes life happens And you have other stuff to do and other assignments to do So you know, that's life, right? But I am happy to be here on this Veterans Day Shout out to all the veterans out there Those who have given their life for this country And for those who continue to serve Thank you guys so very much we definitely appreciate you so this episode of smackdown and this episode of rampage was pretty action-packed to say the least and of course we're going to get into all of it here but of course if you did watch both episodes of smackdown AEW, and AEW rampage please let us know in the chat and all of your comments might pop up on the screen and then i might talk about it so hopefully santana will be able to join but if not you know we'll just be here with me and we'll talk about everything that went down. Now, of course, SmackDown, um, being the first show that aired tonight, started on Fox. And it started with a recap of everything that happened on um, Crown Jewel this past Saturday. So for those who are watching on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube, please let me know if you guys did watch Crown Jewel and what you thought about it. Um, I thought it was pretty okay for the most part. It was a pretty good um, pay-per-view. And I definitely did enjoy the main event involving Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, which we did see a lot of tonight because, of course, Roman Reigns wanted to brag about the idea that he beat Logan Paul. But the thing is, Logan Paul did a fantastic job for someone who basically, you know, only started wrestling this year and it was his third ever match. He did really good and he has the battle scars to prove it. He's injured. He tore up his MCL, his ACL, and a possible meniscus tear, but he's doing okay. And then also his buddies and also his brothers came out there, his brother rather, came out there to try to help him out, but to no avail because the bloodline, of course, reigns supreme. And that seems to be the running theme um, for this episode of SmackDown as well. Hello to Troy Gonzalez, who's just joined our Women's Wrestling Talk team. Hey, um, and said Crown Jewel was fun for the women. It was fun for the women. It really was because, of course, you had the women's tag team championship match between EO Sky and Dakota Kai versus um, Team Alexa Bliss and Asuka with the whole 
hot potato thing that they were doing with the title. And then, of course, you had the last woman standing match between Bayley and Bianca Belair, where Bianca is still the Raw Women's Champion. But that's on the Raw side of things. We have to go into the SmackDown side of things. So the women did have a great time on SmackDown tonight. But we're going to go from the beginning to the end of each show. So we're starting with, oh, my God, freaking... We're starting with this freaking match between the Usos of the Bloodline, who are the undisputed tag team champions, and of course, the New Day in the form of Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Now, of course, if you watched this past episode on Monday Night Raw, you heard a lot of what Xavier and Kofi had to say to the Usos in terms of the Usos just talking about how they're the greatest tag team and how they should basically forget about the New Day, right? But they're the ones who are looking to break the New Day's record of being the longest reigning tag team champions in wwe history right um and of course xavier was there to tell them like we know everything about hustle because we created the new day out of a necessity after being stuck in catering for so long and not knowing if they were going to keep their jobs the new day blossomed into this beautiful faction and what i would argue to be the one of the greatest factions of all time if not the greatest faction of all time and of course the usos are looking to break their record and then on top of that underneath the umbrella of trying to prove themselves you have this amazing rivalry that has taken place over the past couple of years i would say one of the best tag team rivalries in the in the modern era in terms of wwe and they wrote another um amazing chapter tonight this match was fantastic but of course let's go through some of the highlights here this was a really great start to the match of course you have the new the uh, not the new day but the usos coming out with their We The Ones t-shirt and camouflage, of course, paying tribute to um, the veterans today on this wonderful day. And then you have a lot of high-flying action here with a trust fall um, that Kofi Kingston likes to do. And of course, it was just really cool to see Xavier sort of rooting him on. And then you had their amazing tag team continuity in the sense that you had um, Jimmy and Jay being isolated in various parts of the match. Um, and there was even this really cool part where um, Kofi and Xavier hit the unicorn stomp on Jay Uso multiple times. Like, it was really cool. And then, of course, when the Usos had to regroup after the New Day basically had their number in the first half of the match, they were covering their ears because the crowd in Indianapolis was chanting, we want Sammy, clap, 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 y'all know. And it was funny because, of course, y'all know Jay Uso don't want to hear it. Jimmy don't want to hear it. Um... Sami Zayn wasn't there, and that was really surprising to me. I thought for sure maybe Sami would pop up, but they said later on in the night that he was handling some personal business. So hopefully everything with Sami Zayn is okay, you know, whether it be in real life or in kayfabe. But either way, um, they had to go it alone. And like I said, this match was really good, and then you got to see a lot more athleticism from Xavier Woods, who arguably I feel like is the member of the New Day that a lot of people really don't talk about in terms of in-ring action as much or give him enough credit because he was carrying parts of this match in areas like where you see him doing this slam on Jay right here. Like he really, Xavier just is that guy. And I'm not saying that just because I love him and because we're both Virgos born on the same day, September 4th, but I'm saying that because it's real. This is a guy who didn't have any direction, but the New Day gave him life again. And he also created his own channel, which is something that he did address on Monday. And the fact that he basically helped carry this match was just really, really cool. Um, in the chat, Nay TKO, thanks for watching on YouTube, is saying New Day is in the GOATS talks for sure, definitely. And Joseph, thank you for watching and saying this was a classic match. It was so much fun. You know, the Usos and the New Day is a safe feud. They can can go for an easy match or matches yeah like they can do any easy match or any hard match and it'll still be good regardless so i really appreciate that but in the end stuff started breaking down and um you can see here where you have these super kicks where um xavier was taking the brunt of those 
But even then, he was still kicking out of them, and they were hitting super kicks on Kofi. And there was a point where Kofi looked like he could have, he interrupted some things. But either way, it was a lot of high flying stuff going on. And even at this part, this is where you thought the match could have ended, but it didn't because Xavier kicked out and he was not trying to give up. And in the end, they isolated Kofi, kicked him out of the ring, and the new the champions continue to be the Usos. They are still our undisputed tag team champions of WWE. The bloodline runs strong, and they, since they have no con- no matches within the next couple of days, they will now go forth as the longest reigning tag team champions in all of WWE. But I did notice at this part, they were giving credit to um, Kofi and Xavier by pointing to them and giving them a sign of respect. Because, of course, you know, in real life, these guys respect each other. And even when Kofi was on his Kofi Mania run for the WWE Championship, you saw where the Usos, you know, forfeited that match that they had to fight in order to help Kofi reach that point. So they clearly respect each other. But in the end, the Usos wound up winning. So they are the champions. And I can't help but feel that even though they have each other's respect, that the New Day has to feel a level of sadness because they've been on the struggle bus ever since Big E got injured in March. And I know, and it was just really terrible um, how he got injured. And he's basically been like the odd person like out of it because of his injury. And of course, Big E is doing fine now. We do continue to wish him the best in his recovery. But it's just the fact that they've been sort of struggling to sort of find their footing, you know, as former champions. But in the midst of it all, they really have nothing to be ashamed of. This team really has nothing to be ashamed of. The New Day will always be goaded because at the end of the day, they were they have been at least 11 time tag team champions. Xavier has his own channel and his own platform and up, up, down, down. And he's been king of the ring. Kofi and Biggie both have been WWE champions and can, and also Kofi is definitely one of the grand slam, excuse me, grand slam champions in WWE for sure. So the new day has nothing to truly be ashamed of, but I do wonder what's next for them after this point, maybe they'll go for a rematch who knows, but either way, this was a classic tag team match to kick off SmackDown. And it was a really good choice. So moving on, we saw, of course, um, the bloodline watching from backstage, Paul Heyman and um, Solo Sokoa and Roman watching. And then after the match was over, they made their way backstage and Roman Reigns gave them their credit and he hugged both Jimmy and Jay. But weirdly enough, he held on to Jay for a lot longer. Now, mind you, I'm a fan of long hugs. I love long hugs. Like, I love them. But this felt like there was something else there. Like, there was another layer of storytelling here that we might find out later. And in the midst of after this hug and after this embrace, Roman Reigns said that he had another announcement or or something else that he wanted to address to the universe um, in the ring. So that is basically what the main event was. So we, uh, we're we going to wait and see and talk about what that was. But in the end, this is what happened. And it was nice to see the Usos get that moment because these guys have been in the business for such a long time. They were in WWE before Roman Reigns was. So it's good that they were able to get their flowers while they could smell them. It was really beautiful. So, yeah. Um, Moving on. We're moving. They basically announced that tonight was the start of the SmackDown World Cup on Fox. And as you can see, you know, you have all these participants here representing their various countries. Um, So we had our first round matches tonight. So we're going to go into that. But with the first round match, it was between Shinsuke Nakamura and Santos Escobar from Legado del Fantasma. And of course, on commentary, they actually flat out said that, um, of course, this is the World Cup, which of course looks very familiar 
um, because um, Shane McMahon won that World Cup and declared himself the best in the world. But seeing as he's no longer with the company, we're not going to really talk that much about that there. But that's the World Cup that all these people are fighting for. So if they win this World Cup, they get to qualify for a match with Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship. So that's what we're doing here. Um, but on commentary, they announced that Shinsuke will be having a match at um, Noah in the new year of 2023 against the Great Muta. Now, mind you, I know that the Great Muta is a legend, but I haven't been able, I haven't had the pleasure of watching any of his matches, but I do respect that he's a legend in the business. And I do know that this is a huge deal um, in terms of Shinsuke being able to participate in this match, because of course, when it comes to WWE, they've been very notorious for not really letting people um, participate in outside stuff in the past. So on January the 1st, 2023, in the new year, Shinsuke gets to face off against the great Muta. It is a new era in WWE indeed, because I never thought I would hear anybody mention anything about Noah or any other promotion ever. But this is where we're at, and he is going on to face him. So they did address it on commentary, leading into his match with Legato for this tournament. And Santos Escobar came out, of course, with Zelina Vega, who came out in her beautiful glitter um, fire bedazzled gear and her blonde hair. Like, I love Zelina so much, and she looked amazing here with Joaquin Wilde holding on to his mask. Um, it was just really nice, and honestly, like, this was giving me a whole lot of beautiful Hispanic, Mesoamerican feel. And it's so funny because I just saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever today, and it was, and I, it's just that watching all these people of color just be amazing just gives me just all of the great vibes. So, yes, Troy in the comments saying Zelina looked amazing in all caps, definitely. And also, speaking of Troy being another writer for Women's Wrestling Talk, please check out my top five article that I wrote on Zelina Vega. Um, and her top five moments, it was really great. And she actually saw it and followed me on Twitter for it. So that was really cool. And I'm glad that that happened. And I'm glad that she enjoyed the article. Um, so please check that out on www.talkpod.com. And also check out our other works as well from our writers. But this match was really good, though. Um, I really enjoyed it. Shinsuke showed the best of himself outside of the ring, hitting those knees, hitting the Kinshasa, trying to do all kinds of different things in order to win. But in the end, um, Santos Escobar wound up winning the match after he climbed up on the top rope with Shinsuke to hit a phantom driver that was very impressive. And then on commentary, they also addressed the fact that Legado del Fantasma is named after his father, who was a famous wrestler in Mexico called The Ghost. Um, and I thought that was a really nice form of trivia because I didn't know that. I just thought Legado Fantasma was just a really cool name in Spanish. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm glad to know that. But this match was really hard fought. Shinsuke tried his best, but Santos Escobar is moving forward to the semifinals, and we don't know who he's going to go on to face. Um, but this was a really cool match, and I was really glad that Santos won because he just, I feel like Legato really just needs a little bit more momentum since they've debuted, and I just can't wait to see what more they have to offer. And he even cut a promo backstage talking about how you shouldn't mess with people from Mexico um, because they're dangerous. Because, of course, with this World Cup, they're talking about and, you know, putting over their prospective countries that they're representing. And seeing as Santos is um, of Mexican descent, he was representing them. And Shinsuke is from Japan, so he was representing Japan. And they had their flags on the Titantron. And I love that level of representation, you know, with that. And they continued that tonight with the other um, World Cup qualifier match that they had. In the comments, Joseph is saying Zelina continues to prove that she was the missing piece to put over LDF on SmackDown. Definitely, because she was rooting on um she when she was rooting for um Santos Escobar, it was definitely giving how she used to be in NXT. 
when she used to encourage and yell at Andrade El Idolo, like that was amazing. So I'm really glad that they showed her, you know, being the great manager that she knows how to be. Also, Joseph says, not surprised we got to learn about the history of LDF. Santos is representing Mexico in the World Cup on Fox. Definitely, yeah. And, and he's a great representative. I'm really glad that he gets to do that and represent Mexico. They deserve that. So it was great. So Santos won the match. So moving forward with the rest of the show, we had a little backstage segment where Megan Morant was interviewing um, L.A. Knight. But as she was interviewing him, she was getting a little bit distracted with the screen popping up with the upside down butterfly or firefly, if you will. And he got irritated by it. L.A. Knight is just looking to sort of, you know, continue to make his mark as a single star. But in the midst of that, you know, once the flicker started happening um he turned around and then Megan Morant had left and then after he turned around there was Bray Wyatt in his face and Bray was just sitting here you know standing there looking at LA Knight in his face saying you know I know you're dangerous and I know that it can be really bad when you let the dangerous part of yourself take over and LA Knight wasn't trying to hear it so because he wasn't trying to trying to hear it guess what Bray Wyatt did he hit him in the head with a headbutt, and it was really sick, too. And L.A. Knight was holding his head like, oh, my God, you really did just do that to me. But Bra it, this was a really nice segment from Bray Wyatt because we usually see him doing the cryptic stuff and talking about, you know, these various family members of his and stuff like that. We just don't really see him, you know, really chopping it up with any of the other talent. So to see him actually, you know, get in contact with another talent was really, you know, refreshing for a change, you know, as a change up of pace from him doing all of his cryptic promos. So I love this. This was really great. I liked it a lot. So maybe this means that we'll get a feud between these two. And if we get a feud between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt, tell me in the comments if you guys would be willing to see that, if you guys think that will be entertaining or not, like if you guys are intrigued by it. Like, tell me how you felt about this segment in the comments. Go crazy. Um, but after that, we had the six-pack challenge for the number one contendership for the SmackDown women's title. And of course, this was um, Liv Morgan versus Raquel Rodriguez, Zaya Lee, who we hadn't seen in a while outside of Instagram, Shotzi, Sonya Deville, and Lacey Evans, who we also hadn't seen in a while. And um, it was nice that they actually put her over and talked about her um, being a veteran of the Marine Corps on um, Veterans Day. So I'm really glad that they got uh, they were able to talk about that on commentary. Joseph is saying it would be an interesting feud to get Bray back in the ring. And I totally agree. It would be really interesting. Um, but yeah, this was his six pack challenge and it was very action packed for the most part. Mm -hmm. They were fighting in and out of the ring here and there. Like you had a lot of the power moves from Rick. Kel, you had um, Shotzi being our favorite little wrecking ball, like she loves to be. And then in the midst of that, you still had the ongoing feud between Liv and Sonya. Liv was even like messing with Sonya by saying, hey there, pretty, and even running her face into the turnbuckle. Like just, it just, it's really clear that Sonya and Liv just don't like each other. <laughs> These girls are are just kept fighting throughout the entire match. It, you couldn't, it's like, you couldn't even remember that there was a six pack challenge going on because these two were dang near having a singles match by themselves again. But you know, that was cool part. Then you had this part where Lacey tried to set up Raquel and Zia Lee for a um, superplex, but then Shotzi ran into, um, Lacey Evans, like I said, like a wrecking ball and um, stopped it from happening there. But then we also had this part um, of the match, which really made people on, on the Internet feel some type of way. Um, I believe um, there was a point where Liv Morgan was trying to set up Sonya to attack her on the steel steps. She had pulled the steel steps near the commentary desk. And then um, Raquel... And Sonya climbed up on the on the on the stairs. And then after she climbed up on the stairs, Liv Morgan wanted to go high risk and she jumped 
from the commentary desk and tried to jump on to and pushed Raquel with that momentum into the table, but they wound up falling just short of the edge of the table. And people were really mad about that. Like people online were just like, oh my God, that was terrible and stuff like that. But here's the thing though. These are stunts and stuff happens. So I believe we should give them a little bit of grace because there have been times where people have delivered on tables and, and there have been times where they haven't delivered on tables. But in the end, all of this is high risk stuff and they're risking their lives um, and their health by doing this. So let's just give them a little bit of a break. Um, let's just give them a little bit of a break. I understand it can be disappointing because us as fans love watching people get crash through tables and stuff, but stuff happens stuff happens guys and it's okay it is it is literally okay so this spot happened and everything will be all right but in the end Shotzi wound up becoming the victor she won the match on the inside after all the shenanigans going on on the outside and now she is the number one contender for the SmackDown women's title. And now she's going to fight Ronda Rousey in two weeks, which is so crazy that that's happening in two weeks at Survivor Series War Games. And you can tell it definitely meant the world to her because Shotzi um, had been on the struggle bus for a minute. And then with the change of the regime, she got her tank back. She was feeling her groove again. And she was able to go back and co-host Halloween Havoc on NXT and have a match with Lash Legend and, you know, do fun stuff with Quincy Elliott. So clearly she's finding her groove again. And I'm really glad that this is happening because there was a point where she was losing a match every other week. And I love Shotzi. I've always loved Shotzi. So I'm really happy that she is having this moment. Um, whether she wins or not, I'm still happy that she's having this moment. Now in the comments, um, Joseph is saying this was a fun six-pack challenge. Anybody had a good case on why they should face Ronda Rousey? Yeah, everybody did. Really, everybody did. Um, Sonya could have had a bone to pick with her, seeing as they're both MMA girls. Zia Lee never really had an opportunity at the SmackDown Women's title before, so that could have worked out. Lacey Evans had, you know, she she hasn't had an opportunity in a while because she's been kind of missing. And then you have Shotzi here who did win. So, and then you have Raquel who really hasn't had another chance, another big opportunity really since Money in the Bank. So all of these girls, and then of course you have Liv Morgan and all of her complicated history with the title too. So there was a lot that could have happened here, but I'm glad Shotzi did win. He also said that um, that table spot was scary as F. I think this was another table that didn't break. Yeah, but you know, stuff happens. And um, Troy is saying, yes, my Filipina queen. Exactly. I love it. All the representation of all women of color. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Awesome that Shotzi Blackheart won. She will give Ronda Rousey issues at Survivor Series. Let's hope so. Um, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, I really do hope she does give them um, trouble. But I will say this, though, um, in response to this comment. Today was a beautiful day as a woman of color myself in wrestling um, because the Behind the Magic Women of Color panel um, made its debut at MCM Comic-Con in Birmingham, England today. Um, and it was, of course, with me. I wasn't hosting it, though. It was hosted by Katrina Blake of Women's Wrestling Talk and NCAT We Trust. And it featured me, wrestling champion Karen Bam Bam, um, Kiki from um, All Elite Keeks and Public Enemies podcast, as well as Hearts from Talk of Champions, um, and Shay Sawyer, who is a new member of Women's Wrestling Talk and host of Unpopular Review as well. Um, that was a beautiful moment to have on today. Um, as women of color in wrestling. And of course, it's continuing to go on the road because the panel will be at Los Angeles Comic-Con next month. And I will be there along with Kat, our CEO of Women's Wrestling Talk, um, TK Trinidad, Rain Cruz, and Karen Bam Bam um, again. So I just love, I love it when women of color of all of our shades, not just black women, black women and Hispanic women, Asian women, all of us succeed as women of color in wrestling. And Shotzi is a shining example of that. So that really, thank you for that comment, Troy. I'm glad that you um, said that because that just reminded me of that. 
Also, um, Ed Fries 2002 is saying, thank you for watching, is saying the table didn't break, but they didn't get into the right spots to make sure it broke. But like I said, stuff happens. Stuff happens. It's a stunt. These people are putting their lives on the line. It's okay. So, yeah, more of Shotzi <laughs> being happy. And they made the official announcement under the screen here um, about them fighting at War Games. So, I just can't believe War Games is two weeks away, guys. Oh, my God. It's crazy. So backstage, while Shotzi was feeling really good about herself, she ran into Miss Emma, who made her debut with the Open Challenge last week on SmackDown, where she faced off against Ronda Rousey. And she wasn't successful, but she did do a good job. And it's good to see her back in the WWE fold. Um, she was talking back and forth with Emma. Emma congratulated her. And then in the midst of that, um, Emma said, said that she was looking for Madcap Moss and Shotzi was like oh wait a minute you got a crush on him don't you and Emma was like no I don't no I don't and she was being cute and I thought this was funny because in real life if you may or may not know Emma and Madcap Moss really are dating they're dating in real life <laughs> so I thought this was a really funny poke at real life you know romance here um, I love it when couples get together in wrestling. I love it. It's just really cute. So Emma walked away and told her congratulations. And Shotzi was really feeling good about herself. But guess who she ran into? Miss Shayna Baszler, who decided to talk trash on behalf of Ronda Rousey. But as she was talking trash to her, she told her to turn around and tell Shotzi. And she, she told Shotzi to turn around and tell Rhonda to her face that she feels like that she can face her. And she turned around, but then Shayna grabbed her from behind and choked her out. And Rhonda was laughing about it. And she was saying, clean up on aisle green. And I was like, oh my God, that's so rude. Why would y'all do that to her? Why y'all gotta do that to my girl? It was so rude. But at the same time, I still like it. I like this turn in Rhonda because even though I do love her, you know, as a baby face and I've loved her even when she was in MMA and the UFC, I find that since, you know, during this second run of her as champion, she's been sort of struggling to sort of find her voice and find herself. So I feel like her being a heel and finding herself is really really interesting and then the fact that she's aligned with um Shayna who is of course her four horsewoman of UFC and MMA you know background I'm glad that they're actually uniting in this type of way and actually you know running roughshod over the division it's it's really cool because of course last week they attacked Natalia and broke her nose and they're attacking Shotzi because of course she's the number one contender so this is going to prove to be a little bit of an issue, I know, but I'm sure that Shotzi will, you know, find a way to either even up the odds or just continue to fight and be um, as dominant as she can be going up against someone like her. And it looks like in the chat, Joseph um, isn't feeling the same way I'm feeling, and that's fine. Um, Joseph is saying, this part was so weak. It told me that Liv shook Ronda so bad. Ronda hates that Liv is the first woman to be her in pro wrestling. Um. I don't know if if she shook her. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I respect mm -hmm. your opinion. Joseph is also saying this is almost as bad as Rhonda when was in MMA when Holly Holm beat her and she was hiding like a brat for 13 months. Um yeah, and then he's also saying I am not a fan. Rhonda shouldn't be this scared of Shotzi Blackheart. I'll let it play out. But here's the thing though. I feel like Rhonda isn't scared of Shotzi. I feel like she's doing this because she knows she isn't afraid of her. And when you know you're not afraid of somebody and you're a bad guy, you basically become a bully and you, you know, let everybody know who wants to come at you in your title that you are that girl and you are um, the boss in a sense. So I feel like she's not scared of Shotzi and she may not be scared of Liv either because y'all did how y'all saw how she did live in that extreme rules match. She basically hit her harder with the bat than Liv was hitting her. So I don't think Rhonda is afraid of anybody at this point. And as far as her in MMA with Holly Holm, she may have been mad and it may have come, you know, off as her being a sore loser. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like I can't really speak to that 
so much to that, but at the same time, it's a little bit weird. I don't know. Um, he's also saying if Rhonda was a bully, do does bullies need help? Look, it's kind of like in high school where you have that one popular girl who thinks she's better than everybody, but then she has a crew with her who sort of enforce her authority for her. That's kind of what it's giving to me. So yeah. Um, I actually like Rhonda as a heel. I think this is really cool and it's a different type of turn for her. But I do respect that people have their differences of opinion here on Women's Wrestling Talk and just period. So, yeah, I actually like this segment. And I think it might bring something more out of Shotzi in the coming weeks. So this was cool. So moving forward, we had more World Cup action with Braun Strowman being a representative of the United States. Um, and so they announced that he was going to have a match, but they didn't announce who he was going to face um, on the commercial break. And I believe after a certain point, they did show a segment paying tribute to the veterans um, for Veterans Day. And then they also announced that um, in December, later on, they will be having their tribute to the troops. So please look out for that. You know, if you are, you know, looking for that type of show, please watch that. Um, and it's going to be cool. So, of course, WWE really loves paying tribute to their military and the armed forces of the United States. So that's going to continue to happen. So moving forward, we got a little bit of a promo from Jinder Mahal, who we haven't seen in a while either. Um, we haven't really seen him since he was sort of telling Shanky not to dance. And um, since the regime change, um, we hadn't really seen much of him since then. So this is the first time we're really seeing him in a minute. So he was saying that he basically wants to rise back up to dominance like he used to be. So he was going to go on and face Braun Strowman. But as he was saying, that bronze music hit and it interrupted him and of course once the match got started um even though this picture tells a different story when the match got started it seemed as if gender really did have a hold on um braun Strowman. he was attacking his legs you know kicking him in the knees and stuff so gender wasn't completely lost here he wasn't, and I will give him that credit. And with him representing India, um, I thought that was really cool too because of he is of Indian descent. Um, but then at the same time, he is also from Canada as well. So he was representing himself and his descent. Um, but of course, when you're going up against someone like Braun, who was just coming off of defeating Omos at Crown Jewel, um, there's really only so much you can do until you're running, he's running into you like a train. And Braun wound up winning. So he's moving forward in the tournament. <laughs> um, we still don't know who he will go on to face in the semifinals. But he's moving forward in the World Cup tournament. So that would that is how that went there. So, yeah. Moving forward. After that match, we had Miss Zelina coming back out in her gorgeous gear. Love her, love her, love her. Looking unbothered. An unbothered queen from Queens. And she was waiting um, along with... Um, Joaquin Wild, um, not what oh my gosh, with Joaquin and um the other member of Legado del Fantasma whose name escapes me. I forgive me, charged to my head, not to my heart. Um, they were waiting for Hit Row to come out because this was supposed to be a match between Zelina Vega and B Fab. So um Hit Row came out, of course, to their theme song, and B Fab was coming out, and she was ready to fight. But as they were making their entrance, the match didn't even get started. Why, you may ask? Because the Viking Raiders music hit, and you saw this woman in horns and barefoot with muscles and fur and all of the things, all of the Viking things, right? And had her face painted and everything. And I'm just like, wait a minute, who could this be? Um, but it had been speculated for weeks that this was going to be sarah logan um and they were even showing clips of them worshiping her as if she was sort of like this viking goddess um so that's basically what was going on there so we did finally get to see her on the show tonight and the viking raiders went on the attack and started attacking everybody they attacked all of legato all of hit row and everybody like jumping high fighting outside of the ring throwing people behind the barricade and stuff like they were on the attack here 
So that's what happened there. And then, of course, you saw that it was Sarah Logan, even even though I'm not really sure if, if her name is going to be Sarah Logan going forward. They might be calling her something else. But she gave BFAB a headbutt and they called it Ragnarok. Um, and I thought this was funny because I was watching this with my boyfriend, shout out to him, and he's been playing the new God of War Ragnarok game lately. Well, this week, and he's just been really, you know, excited about it. And it just feels like the Vikings and it feels like Norse mythology really is having a little bit of a moment here with their video game, with another show they've got on Netflix. And then, of course, in the MCU with um, <laughs> with Thor and Loki and all of them. So it just seems like Norse mythology is having a really big moment right about now. And this is just a part of it as well. But I'm not sure how it ties in with Vikings. But either way, because I'm not well read on it but either way they're having a moment and this was really cool even though online a lot of people were saying that her um makeup and her style looked very similar to max the impaler who is um a wrestler on impact wrestling and, and also on the independence as well um and then i also noticed that Sarah Logan's style was also similar to another star on WoW Superheroes who made her debut last week as well. I believe her name is Wrecking Ball. And except her aesthetic was more so fitting Mad Max Fury Road. So I'm not necessarily sure, you know, if they jacked this from Max the Impaler. I hope they didn't, you know, take that away from them. But either way, this is what they're going with with Sarah. So yeah um more people are back Liv is here and um sarah is here the only thing i wish is that maybe ruby would be there but you know i don't think we'll really ever get another riot squad thing going on so we just have to wait for that but yeah the viking raiders and sarah logan have returned so yeah that was crazy tell me in the comments how you guys are feeling about this segment if you feel like sarah logan did kind of jack her style a little bit from um maxi impaler or from anyone else that you've seen in the independence with this type of aesthetic so yeah um oh yeah there's more yeah I'd have, i forgot i had another picture but yeah this is them you know front facing screen so moving forward um we moved towards the end of the show which involved them and the which involved them talking about how the bloodline was going to come out and have a little bit of a moment um, with Roman Reigns um, in the ring. And they did announce that Shotzi is going to be fighting um, Shayna Baszler next week on SmackDown. They also announced that, oh, I'm sorry, guys, dropping things. They also announced that Mustafa Ali will be facing off against Ricochet. Um for the world cup that's gonna be cool and they announced other matches for smackdown as well so it, it's 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 a lot um joseph is saying um that the segment involving um involving the viking raiders and sarah say it was crazy but cool they got us good making us think bfab would wrestle zelina that can happen anytime you're right that can happen anytime you're right joseph i was going to be really excited if it happened at all because i love those two very much but you know and it's been a while since we've seen zelina actually get in ring and wrestle um, so if that was to happen, I, if that happened tonight, I would have been happy, but either way we can see that at any time. And I can't wait to see how BFAB has grown in the ring because it's been a while since we've seen her in action as well. So, wow. Another trade from raw to SmackDown, or it could be one night. Ali was wanting that U S championship. I don't know if it's a trade. I'm not sure if it's a trade or if it's just another opportunity to just, you know, put him there because, Really, if you think about the idea of Mustafa versus Ricochet, that match is going to slap, okay? <laughs> um, if you take really the logistics out of it from him moving from Raw to SmackDown, that match is going to slap, okay? So even if he doesn't get a chance to move on in the World Cup, he could still go back to Raw and face off against Seth. You never know. You just never know. With this regime, you just never know what you're going to get. But either way, you're going to get some slapping matches, okay? And it's going to be cool. So, But Joseph, I do understand your concern for that. But either way, it's going to be cool. So 
like I said, moving forward with the bloodline. Um, oh, they the bloodline came out, and Roman Reigns, of course, made his ascent to the ring, and Paul Heyman decided to throw mad shade in Indianapolis, and they weren't having it. And when they started booing him, he was looking at them like, How dare you boo me? But sweetheart. You can't just come into Indianapolis, Indiana, or any city like that and talk about how you were in your private jet with the tribal chief talking about things and addressing things and then diss the city. You can't do that. You can't just expect people to just take disrespect sitting down. No, I don't care if you are Paul Heyman. And yes, Paul Heyman, you are a goat. I will love and respect you forever. But don't think that you can just disrespect a city like Indianapolis. I've never been to Indianapolis, but I'm sure it's a great city. But you just can't disrespect them. Just like I'm more than sure if he tried to come to Birmingham with that smoke, we're going to get you together. We're going to boo you. We're going to give you all the business. So after that point and Roman Reigns started to talk about certain things that he wanted to get off his chest, he was interrupted, weirdly enough. By the Brawling Brutes, of course, who've had their issues with the Usos as of late. They did have a match at Crown Jewel for those tag titles. But they said that they wanted to pick a fight with them. But then they said that they brought reinforcements in the form of Sheamus. And sadly, I don't have a picture of Sheamus. But he is back from his injury slash him getting married. So congratulations um, to him for that. And... While Seamus was trying to speak on the microphone, the microphone wasn't working. Roman Reigns roasted him from the ring saying, see, nobody cares about what you have to say. Your mic isn't even working. Ha ha. He didn't say ha ha, but either way, y'all get the point. Um, so they decided to run to the ring and start fighting. But in the midst of them fighting, they also had more reinforcements um, because it was still like three on like what five or six in the bloodline. Um, so they even the odds even more when Mr. Dimples drew himself in jeans because he oh god, Dimples drew in jeans just does something to me. His wife is so blessed, but either way, um <laughs> he came out there in them jeans and he started getting in on the action. So they were all fighting. It was team. It was Team UK versus the Bloodline, and it was lit, and it was a whole brawl. They were all fighting each other. It was great. It was cool, and I'm guessing they're setting this up for war games, and I'm not mad. If they're going to start fighting each other in those double cages with that double ring, then I'm not mad at it at all. Let's get it cracking. Let's get it cracking. Let's get it cracking. This was an exciting way, a very exciting and solid way to end SmackDown tonight. I felt like this show went by really fast, but either way, I'm really here for it. And Joseph in the comments is saying, this is the men's war games match. Definitely team Sheamus versus team Roman. Yes. Team bloodline versus team UK team American Samoan versus team UK. It's going to be cool. This could set up what could be a banger at Royal Rumble Roman versus Sheamus. I think KO should be the last member of team Sheamus. Ooh. So it wouldn't be team UK. It would be team UK Canada versus <laughs> team America Samoan that would be cool so that would be cool I I like that idea so yeah I'm really looking forward um to war games like it's gonna be different I'm really looking forward to it I think it's gonna be cool I still can't believe it's in two weeks though oh my god it is November so it's just like it just felt like November just got here and then before you know it you'll look up and it'll be 2023 and then we'll be celebrating Christmas and it'll be oh my god it's time. But yeah, this is how Smackdown ended. It was a pretty solid show. So, um let's get into the AEW Rampage side of things. Now, AEW Rampage started with um a face-to-face -face between Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Christian Cage and Luchasaurus, who have, of course, been having their issues over the past couple of weeks um, that boiled over from September's um, All Out. And, of course, a few weeks ago, or at least a week ago, when Jungle Boy jumped onto Luchasaurus through a table, and it was really cool, so I liked it. So Christian Cage came out with Luchasaurus and started talking all kinds of junk about um, Jack. And then Jack came out, and basically said that he was just tired of dealing with them up until this point. And you're just angry at me because you know that I'm better than you and all of this. And then Christian was basically saying, 
yeah, you're not better than me. And Luchasaurus is actually more of a pillar of AEW than you are, which I thought was really disrespectful because Jungle Boy Jack Perry has been in AEW since the beginning, as far as I know. So as so for him to say that was just real disrespectful. But then Christian Cage went for the jugular and he started saying, fine, since you want to challenge um luchasaurus which jack perry did do he challenged luchasaurus at full gear which is coming up pretty soon as well um luchasaurus is gonna beat you up and then you can actually have your mom seated out front and then on top of that you'll prove once you lose the luchasaurus that you are nothing more than your dad then you're just he's basically saying like you're just looks like your dad used to be and of course, you know, if you are up on pop culture, you have to know that Jack Perry's dad was, of course, Hollywood heartthrob Luke Perry from Beverly Hills 90210. And of course, recently, in more recent years, Riverdale as Archie Andrews' dad. Um, but he did pass away. So for him to just keep talking about Luke Perry like that, it's just mad disrespectful. And I've been watching Luke Perry like my whole life. So it's just like for him to disrespect him like that was just so terrible. And so Jungle Boy started to go for Christian's head and attack him. But then he wound up getting, but then Luchasaurus wound up getting the upper hand on him and he choke slammed him on a chair. So it was just kind of sad to see that happen to Jungle Boy. But I really hope Jungle Boy really does beat Luchasaurus and then go on to beat up on Christian Cage because I really feel like Christian really might not be as injured as he's saying he is with that arm sling or whatever. I want a match between Jack Perry and Christian Cage. Like, make that happen. Let that happen. The streets need to see it. So that's what happened. And that's how Rampage started. And also Rampage wasn't live this time like it had been over the past couple of weeks. So yeah, that was different. So moving forward, we had our first in-ring um, competition with the world title eliminator. I can't talk. The world title eliminator tournament between Brian Cage and Dante Martin. And this match was really good. Um, they mentioned on commentary how Dante Martin basically had the most wins, the second most wins underneath John Moxley, um, and how impressive he is as an athlete, as a member of Top Flight and everything. But then you got Brian Cage, who's like this big, burly dude, this big buff dude. And he was going up against someone who's like really small and kind of moves like a cruiserweight like Dante. But Dante really did his best here in this match. Like he hit lots of really impressive spots where he had jumped on top of the, um, jumped on top of the rope onto Brian Cage. And then there was this other really impressive part where Brian Cage hit some, some type of like X move on him where he had him bent backwards and then slammed him on the mat. Like Brian Cage did pretty good with this match, you know, in terms of his power work. And he wound up winning, which disappointed me because I feel like logically a person like Dante Martin, who has the second, the second biggest amount of wins underneath John Moxley, the AEW champion, he should have an opportunity at the title without having participated in this tournament. Like that's really how I felt about it. Like if Dante is, has the second amount of wins underneath John, then maybe he shouldn't have been in this title in this tournament. And maybe he should be the number one contender, but you know, I guess that doesn't work there so it was just it was just kind of awkward for me to hear that on commentary but then to watch him lose to brian cage and it's just like brian is moving forward in the tournament and dante isn't um yeah it was just a little bit disappointing for me um with that so yeah um joseph was also feeling the same way same i'm surprised full gear ain't a triple threat match dante has been doing well in singles right and honestly i really feel like there should be more black men in the title picture in AEW. it just seems like it seems to be a lot of the same people um a lot of the time and i just really feel like there's so many talented men of color um who should be quali who sh who have all the qualifications and all the abilities to challenge for the world title but it just seems like John Moxley is just fighting the same folks all the time maybe and and you would think that this tournament would help with that but in it it just doesn't seem like it is and it's kind of sad but I'll just move forward um then we had another <laughs> um title eliminator match between Bandito and Rouge this was really good 
This match was Lucha personified. Lucha personified. So many great spots in this match. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, there was a point where Bandito even had to pay tribute to Eddie with a frog splash and everything. It was really good. I loved it. I love this match. Um, it was really good. And also, um, Joseph is saying Mox has been fighting the same people. That is what happens when Tony Khan books like a fan. Oof. Lord have mercy. Lord, I don't want to get into that tonight. Um, <laughs> this was how we found out Bandito is officially all elite. It was confusing. He was getting courted by AEW and WWE. Um, that's interesting. See, I didn't know he was getting courted by both, but you know, at least um Bandito is AEW, so we know where he stands. But either way, this match was really good. Um I believe this was where I started having technical issues on my end in terms of cable. Um, so I'm going to look up the results real quick. Because um, like I said, my television and my streaming was glitching. But yeah, this match was still really good for the most part of what I did see. And Bandito wound up winning. And this was, and like I said, it was really good. So, and I also hate how Roosh was pulling on Bandito's mask. Like, if you know, I feel like as a luchador, if you know the significance of the mask, why be mean to it? Why does, why, why? I, even though I understand Roosh is a bad guy, I just don't understand the point in pulling on this dude's mask over and over again just to try to mess him up. But either way, this match was really good. I really appreciated it. And Bandito is officially All Elite, so congratulations to him for that. Now, moving on to the women's side of things, we had Nyla Rose, the self-proclaimed TBS champion, even though she hasn't beaten Jade one-on-one for it, um, having an open challenge. And, of course, she came out flanked by Vicky Guerrero and um, the problem Marina Shafir, who everybody seems to solve, but whatever. She came out and she had a match with Kayla Sparks. Um, and this match was pretty um okay um nyla rose was as brutal as she knew how as she knew how to be but while she was being brutal she was also being very insulting to jade by doing some of her moves set and even making fun of some of her poses and everything and she even defeated kayla sparks with the jaded finisher that jade uses and it was just so rude and she covered her the way that jade covers her and then she also licked her hands the same way jade does and i was like Nyla is so goofy. I do love seeing Nyla Rose be like this goofy character. Like I actually like it. It's hilarious. And I love how she's running with the title and basically saying, yeah, I'm the champion, even though she knows she really isn't. Um, this match was really short and I really wish it was longer. Um, the way that they have other men's matches that are like super longer, but you know, I feel like we're almost beating a dead horse by saying that, but regardless, I mean, they were doing better at a certain point, but they've gone back to like the shorter things. But then at the same time, I kind of understand why it was short because after Nyla won the match, the real TBS champion Jade came out with her baddies who got knocked out by Nyla Rose, which keeps irritating me because Kiara Hogan and, um, Layla Gray really are amazing wrestlers. And so for them to keep getting knocked out and outsmarted like week after week and failing to re retrieve the TBS championship for Jade, is just so disappointing. Like I'm surprised Jade hasn't kicked them to the curb by now, but either way, that's what happened. Jade had finally got some licks in on Nyla Rose. She beat her up. She knocked her like she, she, it almost looked like she almost like, punch her jaw off like it was crazy and jade was really pissed but then as she was yelling at nyla to give her her title back that's when security and all the referees came out to break them up and i'm just sitting here like why are y'all breaking them up now this is the closest jade has gotten to nyla rose since she ran away with the title make her give the title back stop being rude make her give the title back y'all are acting like jade is the problem 
Nyla Rose is the problem. Take the title away from her and give it back to the actual champion. But of course, they're gonna it's they're gonna go on to fight each other. At, you know, ultimately at full gear, I'm sure. Um, they did announce that. So either way, it's gonna happen. Also, with some interesting backstage stuff, we had um, Tiger Style um have a little bit of a confrontation with Hook, and that was really cool. Um. So, yeah, like, Nyla, give her her title back. Give it back. Just give it back. But in the midst of that, we went to our main event, which was Lee Johnson, Big Shotty Lee Johnson versus Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship um, USA versus USA, because, of course, they're both from the United States. Um. Lee Johnson has realigned with the factory with QT Marshall um, or QT Marshall, depending on who you are. Um, And he really had some wind beneath his wings with them. The factory actually came out with him and they said on commentary that he was actually the first student of um, QT Marshall. So this was really interesting, but this match was also pretty good too. Um, there was a point where Lee at the beginning of the match couldn't even wait for John for um Orange Cassidy to put his hands in his pocket. Um he continued to basically took him down. He took him down um with a bunch of counters and stuff and um it finally ended with Orange Cassidy putting his hands in his pockets. But then there seemed to be a lot of action going on outside of the ring as well with the best friends attacking the factory over and over again, posing all kinds of distractions throughout the match. It was just really crazy stuff going on. Then Dan Housen was out there with the best friends too. And I believe somebody threw him into the steel steps. And I was like, dang, Dan Housen, you're just going through some things. But either way, in the midst of that, there was just a lot of solid action in the ring. Um, you could tell Lee Johnson has gotten a little bit buffer, you know, since he has been out with injuries and stuff, but it's still good to see him, you know, wrestle to the best of his ability. And here again, is another man of color who probably could have another opportunity at a championship at some point, but just doesn't. And it's just annoying, but it was good seeing him in this type of match. Joseph is also saying Tony signed a bonus match for dynamite on Wednesday with Anthony Bowens versus Shane Strickland. Rampage gets Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus June Akiyama and Konoshu Takashita. Okay, forgive me if I mispronounce those names, but okay, that's fine. That's cool. Anthony Bowens versus Shane Strickland should be an okay match, but I have eternal beef with Shane Strickland, and I won't talk about that here. So, yeah, this match was really good, and of course, Orange Cassidy wound up hitting his finisher to retain the All-Atlantic Championship. And um, QT, Marshall, tried to attack Orange Cassidy, but of course he was out there with the best friends, so they had his back. And he was looking pretty, you know, happy to be victorious. And something I do love that Orange Cassidy does do when he is on Rampage and he's wrestling these matches is when he hijacks Mark Henry's interviews and he says, well, it looks like it's been enough talk. And then Mark is like, look, don't do this. This is my job. Don't do this. This is my job. You ain't got to do this. And then he goes into saying, it's time for the main event. And that's pretty cool. So this main event was pretty good. Um, I do want to see more from Lee Johnson um, in another title picture. Even if he has to work his way back up, um, I still want to see more from him. So this was a really good match. Um, Lee really impressed me here. Orange Cassidy continues to impress me. So this was really, really good. All in all, this was a very, um, promising night in wrestling. It was really good. Um, really solid stuff going on. Of course, you have um, WWE preparing for um, Survivor Series and preparing preparing for war games and Survivor Series as well. And then you have AEW preparing for full gear and all of that's coming up in a matter of two or three weeks, guys. Like, we're wrapping things up. It's the end of the year. It's getting cool. So, if you guys enjoyed it, I'm glad that you were able um, to join me tonight. I know I was a little bit late, but I had to handle some things. Um, and I hate that Dreon Santana couldn't join me tonight. 
Um, but either way, this was a really enjoyable night in wrestling, and it was a really good Veterans Day. So either way, thank you guys for joining me for the SmackDown and Rampage after show here on Women's Wrestling Talk. Um, please know that you can follow me, your girl Stephanie Hardy, on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy, and also listen to my show, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, everywhere you get your shows. My show is currently under um, construction. I'm working on some things, dropping a little bit of hints and stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Um, listen to my show, follow The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Um, on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast and on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod. Um, and then just continue to support women's wrestling talk. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WW Talk Pod. Check out our, our website at www.talkpod.com. Check out our merchandise, all of our articles, all of our interviews, and all the amazing stuff that we've got going on. Subscribe to us on YouTube and click the bell to get notified of all of our videos and stuff because we go live and do stuff every day. And if you, of course, follow us, you will not miss anything that we've got going on. So please check that out. Please don't miss it um follow us on facebook and also follow us on twitch we've got all kinds of amazing stuff going on so please continue to support our brand and support us as we support women's wrestling and west and wrestling as a whole because of course we're all we got and we just continue to show love where it's necessary so just continue to support us and continue to support women's wrestling as a whole and just continue to love on each other because that's what we need so in the meantime in between time also check out all of our after shows too so in the meantime in between time this is women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet and until next time bye y'all and good night slash good morning because it is saturday and it's 12 a.m and it just switched over but yeah good night y'all <laughs> have a good weekend Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.